Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-driven feature. We are dependent upon your contributions to sustain us in our work, and we're dependent on your questions to keep the feature going. Questions on history, political philosophy, economics, culture, foreign affairs, all those things that concern us in our common life as citizens. Is it okay to ask questions about architecture? You can ask questions about architecture. Oh, good. Temple of Hatshepsut. That's what I want to talk about. Right, but I have one here, so maybe you can talk about that temple. What makes a building beautiful? Is it the golden ratio and its proportions, its ornamentation, or something else, or a combination of these and other factors? Have at it. Well, I think it's a combination. I don't want to give an equivocal answer, but I believe that a really great building is the result of an inspiration in every dimension. I certainly, when John Ruskin talks about this, craftsmanship, even unnecessary attention to detail, I think is essential. The building has to be harmonious with its surroundings. It does have to have elegant proportions unless you're really aiming for a jarring effect. And I'm not against the occasional jarring effect in a building, but I am against that kind of art that thinks everything should be jarring and shock the bourgeoisie out of their complacency. I don't think we even have a complacent bourgeoisie anymore. But particularly when it comes to public buildings, I am astonished at how ugly so many of them are. Like public schools. Public schools, Tom Wolfe, they look like insecticide factories. Mm. You could always spot the public school because it's the one you wouldn't want to live in. It's amazing. And I know governments are meant to be frugal and so on, but considering this is the environment, when I teach university, I tell students, you think this is what a classroom is meant to look like because you've been stuck in these things all your life, but it's not. It's horrible. It's antithetical to learning. We should have a fireplace. We should have wainscoting. We should have comfortable chairs. Or be outside on a log, like Plato. Yeah, the classic, you know, the professor sitting on the log talking to the student. Though they say nowadays you might as well sit on the student and talk to the log. <laughs> Actually, my students were, were better than I've been led to fear, and I happily go back into the teaching environment. But uh, the Temple of Hatshepsut, in fact, is one of the greatest buildings ever made. And partly, it's a remarkable achievement because it is divided in two, and dividing buildings in two almost never works. But the dividing feature is this very strong central stairway. And it's in my slideshow that I'm developing on the 100 greatest buildings ever built. It is astounding, but it's also very suited to the Valley of the Kings. It blends perfectly into its environment. And that's another thing. The, I have been places where there were a lot of nice buildings, but they didn't seem to match one another. I'm baffled at the new Ottawa Conference Centre because it makes no effort to fit in with the Parliament buildings in the Chateau Laurier. We've got a castle thing going here, people. Work with it, even if a castle isn't your first choice. But no, all they build is glass and steel boxes, one after another. Well, that one's not a box. It's more of a bubble. Yeah, it does. The, the aliens seem to have come for us, like that crystal that attacked the ROM. And I'm not saying the Royal Ontario Museum is the nicest building. It has that kind of 30s brutalist, mm. reassuring, excessive heaviness about it. this big chunk of rock right here downtown. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. But once you've got that, you have to work with it, not try and, you know, transvalue it. But I, I do think that medieval buildings are a lot nicer. I think that Gothic cathedrals are among the finest creations of the human mind. And part of that is form following function. They soar upward despite being made of stone because they are trying to reach the heavens. But I often think if you're building a corporate headquarters instead of one more Yale box, why don't you build it like a castle? That'd be wonderful. Have your conference rooms and turrets, things like that with a view. There's so much that we could do. It almost seems as though limitations in the material forced people to do something more elegant uh, in the past and now that we can do anything the things we do aren't worth doing it's amazing we have the most 
astonishing range of materials, more plastic, more pliable, more willing to do whatever we ask them to do, and we almost never ask them to do anything nice. I think Douglas Cardinal is an exception here. I think Douglas Cardinal's buildings, inspired by the landscape, really are beautiful. And Frank Lloyd Wright's houses, although they often apparently weren't very nice to live in, certainly seem to me to take some account of their surroundings. Well, the one with the waterfall running through it, that's kind of cool. Who wouldn't want that? Right. Unless it was running through your roof. I think the house uh, did no. tend to leak. Mm. But when I was on the University of Texas campus, they had a lot of pretty nice buildings, but evidently no architect ever came to the campus and looked at the surroundings before building the next one. Even the LBJ Library, which is a bit modernist, is quite nice, but doesn't look like anything else on the campus. Don't even get me started on the Ottawa downtown. Whereas Jerusalem, where they have the sort of rule I normally don't like, that you have to build in a certain kind of stone. Normally I'm all for freedom, but public spaces are a bit different. And the result is that Jerusalem is an astonishingly beautiful city because they have kept it in harmony with its landscape. But I do think that we need to forget the theories of modernism, which are deliberately ugly. And we say, yes, you have to get the proportions right. You want craftsmanship. You want things that are intriguing without being baffling. You want a sense of human purpose. It should be a building that is suited to the things that people like to do. As Chesterton said, if a house is built so that it knocks your hat off when you come in, it's not a condemnation of hats. And so all of these things, including that a building should fill us with joy, it should make us feel that life is good, not that life is worthless. It's not meant to jolt us into accepting despair, which far too many modern buildings actually are. The Bauhaus really did think that way. So I think all of these things go into it. And it's going to be a trite way to wrap this up. But if the architect was determined that first and foremost, people would think, hey, this is a nice building. I think we'd have much nicer buildings mm. than we do. Oh, sorry, one postscript. Have you ever noticed what people's houses look like compared to what office buildings look like and schools and virtually everything else? Now, suburban houses are a bit of a pale imitation of a real house. But what people really want to live is a brick house with a sloping roof and a garden and a lawn. They want to live in a hobbit house. We'll build everything more like a hobbit house and you would find you had much better architecture. Okay, I'll add one thing because you didn't talk about environmental sustainability and I think that building, if you have the choice now and the capability, you might as well try and build something that will not have a, a huge imprint on the environment if, if you can. I think that being able to use materials that are recycled, reclaimed, that sort of thing, or that will degrade once it's time to tear it down properly uh, is also a good thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, mean, I think geothermal for new mm. houses is a good thing. I like those green roofs. I don't like giant skyscrapers that birds keep flying into. I don't like light pollution. There are so many things wrong. And yes, I, I do think also just building throwaway houses and throwaway motels and throwaway stores, things we're actually planning to discard. Again, the way John Ruskin in The Seven Lamps of Architecture talks about sacrifice and so on. You want to build a building that is worthy of being looked at in 500 years. And that's my second postscript. If you look at these river cruises and other opportunities to go and see various parts of the world, you know what? They always want to show you the old buildings. And that is not an accident. There's the occasional modernist horror. But by and large, what do people want to see? They want to see the old stuff because it was actually nice. And just to add something else, because I have strong opinions on this, the Google's new headquarters in, in the UK and London, the plans for it were just approved. It was in the news lately because instead of building a skyscraper, they'll be, they're building a landscraper. Google it. Uh-huh. See, uh, look it up. Uh, you'll see the pictures of what the building will look like. They're going for something not too high. It's big still, but it's not too high and it blends much better with their surroundings and yay to them. Yeah, and you can Google it. Exactly. I just said that. Yes, I know. All right.
Well, <laughs> thanks for that, folks. If you would like to play along and ask your questions of the professor, the URL on your screen will take you to a page where everything is explained. Thanks, and see you next time.